Yeah, I think they're wholly out of date and I have thought so for a while. I never really agreed with the kind of population densities that had been put forward. I thought it was too prescriptive. Uh, I think people, if you leave leave aside the Ukrainian situation, but, but people move based on family circumstances, employment prospects, etc. I, I just don't think that you can necessarily shoehorn people I- into areas that uh, are pre-planned or pre-described by somebody sitting at a desk um, in, in Dublin or somewhere else. I think there has to be a level of organic growth, which has always been the case. Um, if you look at the way business was done in County Clare in the past, a number of areas were identified for strategic development. They were referred to at the time as strategic development zones, places like Crusheen, Tulla, Canlara, places like that where the infrastructure was put in um, and housing development grew around that based on people's desire to live close enough to where they, were, where, where they worked. And also, we've got to recognise that people's work patterns change. Very few people now get a job for life, so they have to move based on uh, employment opportunities. Then, as I said, you you, you overlay all of that um, with the situation which is now emerging in relation to Ukrainian refugees that I think a very considerable amount uh, will over time go back. Uh, But for sure, there's a percentage that will remain, I think, for the foreseeable future for probably five to seven years because, you know, some large parts of Ukraine have been absolutely devastated. So it's going to take time for homes to be rebuilt, towns to rebuilt, uh, and sections of cities to be rebuilt. So they're not going. These people are not going to return uh, in the next six months. Some have already gone, and, and 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 more will that came from areas that haven't been destroyed. But the war is still raging, so uh, it's it, it's difficult to project on that basis. But I think we can assume that there is going to be a considerable amount of people requiring housing and therefore, in addition to the the, the planning uh, framework that has to be put in place and the zonings, um, we've got to get greater action into building homes. Um, I think we've been doing that, but it needs to be sped up and we need more of it. Yeah, and, and is there a need to update national policy to reflect the fact that the, the population surge last year is due to surge again this year? Uh, housing for all, I think some 30,000 homes built last year, but uh, that's not going to cut it. No, it's not going to be enough. Um, I think the biggest impediment to building houses at the minute um, is a shortage of of, of financing from the main pillar banks um, and a shortage of people to actually physically uh, do the building. And uh, like I know that, that, that has been addressed in the past when our labour force moved, when the economy uh, hit a low point in 2011-2012. They moved to other countries, to Australia, New Zealand, the States, etc. Many of those will return, have returned, but but, but I think more will need to. Um, if we're to build out uh, more than 30,000 houses a year um, and at the same time do our retrofit programmes, which we have committed to in terms of insulating homes to reduce our carbon footprint, um, and in addition to uh, some of the other construction projects that are already identified in terms of uh, upgrade of roads and stuff like that, we, we will need more people to do that. We just don't, we just don't have enough of, uh, of workers in the construction sector. So, so that's going to take time. But, and, and of course, if you're bringing people in to do construction or bring people home from countries that they have immigrated to, they need homes too. So there is going to be a continuous uh, pressure, upward pressure on housing need for the very foreseeable future, I would think for the next five to to, to seven years. And that is going to require going back and looking at the existing framework that was there and the kind of limits or caps that was on uh, on building development. And I think Clare is very well positioned for that because of the 
um, economic activity for the county and for the Midwest region generally, particularly as it relates to the offshore wind opportunities that are being worked on now and will come to fruition in the next five to seven years. And do we need to maybe adjust the budget as well for this year and indeed future budgets to invest in our infrastructure at the moment? We see homelessness services, health, transport, refugee accommodation can't cope. How are they going to cope if we don't start planning now? I think in this year's budget, there's there's significant amounts of money because if you look over the last, I think, three budgets, we haven't even spent the monies that were assigned. So it's an operational matter more than a financial matter in the short term. Do you think there's enough um, there, though, to factor in uh, the, all the extra arrivals? I do. Um, I, I, I do. In a growing economy, I think the, the financial resources are there. Um, but what isn't there is an action plan that's making this happen quickly enough. And we know from a planning perspective, things take time. I've certainly suggested in the past, when we reach a certain crisis point, that we need to declare an emergency and we need to set aside some of the restrictions that are there in relation to planning and just get on and and build modular units in certain parts of the country um, and then wrap services around it. Um, I think in I think in some cases in relation to the refugees, what's needed is a sort of a medium term accommodation units, not long term necessarily, but medium term. That's better than the kind of hints that were provided for down at uh, at Nakalashin um, uh, and, 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 and moving people beyond uh, hospitality centres or, or beyond the, the, the hotel experience because I think the longer um, people are retained in hotels the poorer quality of life that they have uh, and it impacts on communities that generate tourism activities from those hotels so I think we've got to have a medium term plan to house the refugees that are here uh, and to be ready um, and have a plan for those that may come in the future. Although I, I do think that there will be a considerable falling off of refugees from Ukraine. I think the situation has stabilised there to, 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 to some extent, notwithstanding that the war is still ongoing. But there are still um, considerable numbers here and coming here. And there's a, you know, would you understand the view that from people, some people that the government look like they're sleepwalking into a crisis. We already see the Irish Human Rights and Equality Commission saying we're in clear breach of international obligations in relation to newly arrived refugees. Uh, they mention further potential breaches of the law in relation to food and healthcare access. It's surely only going to get worse as we, we go on in this year. Well, I think there's two aspects to it. I think you, I think you will see a, a, a considerable fall-off on the number of Ukrainian refugees that arrive uh, under the protection that has been afforded to them by the European Union in, in the coming 12 months. I, I don't think you'll see anything like the level that came last year. However, there are those um, that are seeking international protection from countries other than Ukraine under a different programme. We've seen a considerable increase in, 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 in those in, in the last 12 to 18 months. Some of that is migration in relation to climate change. Some of it is economic migration. Some of it is uh, persecution in the countries that, that they come from. But we, regardless of how they get here, we have, under international law and European law, um, a, an obligation to provide certain basic facilities to them. And at the moment, we're, we're unable to do that. And that's because we are at a crisis situation. And I think there's a general acceptance uh, that we're doing as much as we can uh, in the short term. But we'll we be doing to deal more. with it into the future. Well, you'd want to do more. Uh, I think the state would, would, would want to be doing more, would like to be doing more. I think most right-minded people would think we should be doing more. But when you take into consideration the housing crisis that we have 
anyway. The lack of people in the construction sector uh, available to us, it's not it's not straightforward. You know, you can talk about planning, but nobody really planned for the invasion of of, of Ukraine by Russia uh, in in February of last year. So it it was a kind of a bolt out of the blue. And generally, you wouldn't be planning ahead for these kind of eventualities. But, you know, when you have to face into them, then you have to find solutions. And I think in fairness, the government, and, and not just the government, but communities right across the country have done exceptionally well over the last 12 months, um, or almost 12 months, in, in, in accommodating and managing the situation, as okay. have many of the organisations that are there. So I think we we, we must recognise what we have achieved also, not sit back on our laurels, not clap ourselves on the back, but accept that this was a, a, a crisis that effectively came out of nowhere. Nobody was ready for it in any country, and I think Ireland has done as good or better um, than most other countries around okay. Europe. And that was uh, the Fianna Fáil Senator from Mount Shannon, Timmy Dooley, speaking with me earlier on. For more on this, we are joined in studio by the Fine Gael Senator from Enestimon, Martin Conway. Good morning to you, Martin. Good morning, Alan. Thanks very much for coming in. So, look, a lengthy chat there with Timmy, and I did put it to him about the, the county development plan that I guess the figures that's based on, the projected population figures now look a bit outdated in, in light of uh, the numbers uh, arriving here. Uh, do you think all those plans need to be ripped up and we need to start from scratch? Well, certainly I think we need to do a readjustment on the figures uh, within the County Development Plan, particularly for North Clare, uh, given the fact that there's well in excess of a 1,000, uh, almost 1,500 uh, Ukrainian refugees uh, living in North Clare. Uh, I look at uh, the figures contained for Liston Varna in terms of housing development, and I think the plan itself only uh, has aspirations to build 50, 60 houses uh, over um, a, a five-year period. Uh, well, in normal time, uh, where there isn't any uh, uh, refugees uh, in the North Clare area, uh, that figure was totally out of kilter with reality. Uh, so it, it is completely out of kilter now with reality. So I think the population densities, the, pro- the projections uh, within county development plans uh, need to be looked at. And that, I suppose, outside of uh, the, the number of uh, Ukrainians and other refugees that are in the area, uh, Post-COVID, a lot of people have relocated uh, to North and West Clare. Uh, there's a lot more people now working from home. There's a lot of people who have jobs uh, that traditionally would have been based in Dublin and Limerick uh, and in other urban areas. And they're actually only going into the office a couple of days in the month. Uh, so, you know, we are not uh, responding to those trends and the potential uh, for future uh, development uh, based on those trends. Uh, so I certainly think that the densities uh, and uh, the aspirations within uh, the County Development Plan should be looked at. Now, I'm not saying rip up the County Development Plan, but I do believe that there needs to be a recalibration, if you like, of the of the density figures. But I suppose it's not just the County Development Plan, mm-hmm. it's all our national policies uh, uh, as yeah. well. I mean, the, the population surge last year due to surge again this year. Mm-hmm. You know, I mentioned the Minister for Integration, Joe O'Brien, pointing out that we need to uh, prepare for more than 80,000 migrants who plan on seeking refuge in the country this year uh, and particularly um, I'm thinking of the national policy in relation to housing. We know the situation when uh, the Ukrainian refugees are being accommodated in in hotels and B&Bs and so on. That's going to end very shortly and we're going to have a a huge, huge problem. Yeah, look, uh, there's clearly not enough houses uh, in the country. There's not enough houses being built. Uh, While the targets are ambitious, 
uh, I think the char- targets are deliverable and what we want is targets that are deliverable. Uh, there's no point in picking figures out of the sky saying we want 50,000 houses a year when clearly the capacity isn't there to construct 50,000 houses a year. But are, but are the targets deliverable, Martin, when you think um, about the difficulties in sourcing construction workers, cost <laughs> materials and so on? They're continuing to be big issues within that sector. There's no doubt about it. They're, they're, they're very, very challenging issues. Uh, the, the targets for 2022 were largely met in some cases. Uh, uh, they were, they were, they were uh, surpassed. Uh, 2023 is going to be challenging but there is a clear commitment uh, and determination and focus uh, led by the Taoiseach Leo Varadkar uh, uh, within two weeks of taking up the position of Taoiseach he did uh, hold a housing summit uh, where he brought all the stakeholders into government buildings uh, they spent a day uh, engaging uh, where uh, the loopholes uh, and the difficulties and the challenges and the, uh, the blockages if you like uh, that uh, people who are working in construction on a daily basis were experienced and were discussed and out of that uh, we are going to see an escalation in, in housing because it's needed. Um, uh, housing is actually uh, the lack of housing is uh, affecting us uh, in terms of economic growth at this stage uh, because we do need people to work in our restaurants in our hospitality, in tourism in construction uh, in a whole raft of other industries but we've no houses for them Uh, so it's very hard uh, uh, to be pitching uh, to bring uh, uh, either semi-skilled or skilled people from abroad into Ireland if they've nowhere to live. Uh, So it's kind of a very uh, difficult situation on the one hand you don't have housing uh, on the other hand you have huge opportunities within industry uh, that can't be fulfilled simply because of the problem with housing so therefore housing now has become uh, uh, in the last period of time uh, the number one, single number one government priority and, and that is th- th- and, and that was led as I said last uh, a, a number of weeks ago with the summit that took place in government buildings. Um, one potential solution uh, to the lack of housing in terms of supporting uh, refugees who are arriving here is the government uh, considering uh, proposals for supports and accommodation for refugees uh, seeking shelter in this country could be time limited um, is that something you would support? Do you think that's workable? That's one way to get around our, our lack of accommodation and housing? Well, I'd like to know more details on what is uh, being proposed in terms of time limited. Uh, you know, there isn't enough uh, clear information in terms of what that means. Uh, uh, what is the time? You know, uh, how limited is the time? Uh, so I certainly wouldn't be signing up to support on anything like that on, on, until uh, there was more detail uh, uh, regarding it. Uh, you know, look, at I think that uh, it, it's a multi-agency multifaceted response that's needed. Uh, we certainly, politicians need to start showing leadership as well. I mean, it was very regrettable to see that the President of Sinn Féin uh, was one of the objectors to 1,600 houses in uh, uh, the centre of Dublin. Uh, those houses are badly needed for people. Uh, and she, she's not here to defend herself, but I'm sure if she was, well, she would that, say she has very valid reasons sure, for that, objecting uh, to them. Yeah, but like that you shouldn't have, just throw up any type yeah, of housing just planning, for the sake of housing. We have planning departments in every one of our local authorities they're professional, competent people who know what they're about. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, uh, wh- when applications go in, they're stress tested, uh, they're examined, they're, they're considered as to whether they're in line with uh, the, the communities in where they're, where they're being proposed. I think those professionals should be let do their job. And the politicians really shouldn't be putting their names uh, to objections uh, to housing for for clear 
political reasons. Uh, to be fair to her as well, Martin, yeah. plenty of politicians have know, objected and, to housing and, and, and in their own constituencies. I mean, if we were going to be going through all of them, we could be here for quite oh, a long time. Oh, and that's a fact. And, uh, but I don't agree with politicians doing that. I, I name-checked uh, uh, the President of Sinn Féin because she's putting herself forward to be Taoiseach after the next election, uh, which is the, the number one top uh, leadership position in politics in the country. Uh, but there's many more. Uh, uh, but if you actually do the figures, uh, more politicians from Sinn Féin are objecting to housing throughout the length and breadth of this country than any other party. But other parties are at it as well. Okay. And yeah. uh, I, I do think that, you know, uh, we have a serious problem in this country with housing. We have a serious problem as well with the, with, with the planning um, application process for housing. Uh, it's taken too long. It takes something like six months to, to get a planning application uh, through a local authority. Then it goes to board Planola. Then there's the potential for a judicial review. There was attempts made uh, uh, recently uh, where large-scale housing developments would just go straight to board Planola. Uh, and I think that that's, uh, uh, that's something that we need to fine-tune. And we discussed uh, and last week yeah. on the show whether the, I suppose the rebranding sure. and changes in board Planola will, will uh, have a positive effect. Um, a question that I put to mm. Timmy Dooley that I want to put to you. Some yeah. would look at the situation and say, well, the government have kind of got themselves into this crisis without having their eyes open that they sleepwalked into it. Uh, on the face of it, that's what it looks like. Uh, Timmy Dooley saying that nobody could have predicted this was going to happen. What, what's your take on that? Do you think the government could have better prepared in some instances? Because as I said to him, uh, the Irish Human Rights and Equality Commission uh, said that uh, Ireland is in clear breach of international obligations in relation to newly arrived uh, refugees. And um, yeah. this time limited proposal, uh, you'd wonder, is that going to be enough of a solution? No. Look, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with their analysis, but what I would say is this. Uh, Ireland as a country does tend to plan reasonably well. Uh, we hold a census every five years even though uh, we're not required to do it except once every ten years and a lot of other countries only do it once every ten years. Uh, we do that so as uh, we can ensure that the information we have is as up to date as is possible. But two major factors have happened in the last three, four years uh, that no matter how much planning you did, you wouldn't have been able to predict or deal with that. And one was a, a, a worldwide pandemic, uh, which did have a clear impact uh, on uh, development in this country in terms of construction, in terms of meeting targets, uh, in terms of, um, you know, uh, public public build, public realm, uh, hospital, schools, all of that type of thing. And then we were just coming out of that uh, when we had the war in uh, Ukraine. Now, the war in Ukraine um, wasn't expected and it didn't happen uh, uh, it happened very quickly uh, do you think that relying on uh, you know accommodation within the hospitality sector that the government leaned too heavily on that as their plan a and that was always going to be very short term and we've seen how short term that is now because of the fact that a lot of that is going to end soon yeah and you're right there um i, I suppose there was a, a, a call uh, to people uh, to make rooms available in their homes uh, it was done through the red cross in in my view uh, that was a mistake because you were relying on an NGO as good and all as Red Cross are and I have huge respect and regard for them uh, but they didn't have the resources or the manpower uh, uh, to, to, to take on that challenge. Why did the government rely on them then rather than taking yeah, on this I, I do think in hindsight response that, to a huge crisis themselves? Yeah, in, in hindsight I think that was probably a mistake. I think the Red Cross did a lot of work internationally and they would have a, 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 a phenomenal reputation uh, but I think that the, 
the correct approach which has been used now is to do that through the local authorities. Uh, so the many thousands of offers that were made of accommodation, people made them in good faith. Then when people went back and looked at their own personal circumstances and so on, a lot of those offers uh, were withdrawn. But there's a lot of offers that weren't withdrawn either. And I do know the Clare County Council now are on the ground going out uh, examining uh, and doing inspections on the offers of accommodation. So I think we are going to see a, lo- a, a lot of the offers of accommodation throughout the country uh, being utilised, which hopefully will free up uh, um, some of the hotel accommodation. Okay, yeah.